And to answer your question, the name's Pickle. Humphrey Pickle. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening and welcome to Behind the Bottom Line. My name's James Schofield and I'm the author of the stories in this podcast. Today's story is called Change Agent 001. And if you've ever wondered what might happen to Her Majesty's Secret Service agents in Brexit Britain, you're just about to find out. I may have just come back from an outdoor survival training in Alaska, but I still knew a bad guy when I saw one. The man delivering coffee to Sally Bly's office at the headquarters of B-Soft Toilet Tissue in Stoke Poges had two chips of cold granite for eyes, and I knew that if I had to kill him, the world would be a better place. Sally Bly was drinking her coffee and looking at my file as I came in. The pussycat bow around her neck tried to meow office professional, but the body inside her cream silk blouse screamed another story. Pleased to meet you. Do sit down. To most people, her voice probably sounded like a glass of sherry in an English country house after a day of fox hunting. But my training told me there was something foreign in her accent. Born in Moscow, studied French literature at the Sorbonne, followed by an MBA at Harvard, I said. Am I right? She looked surprised. Uh, No, I'm from Wimbledon, and I studied personnel management at Braintree College in Essex. Close enough, I said, sitting down and crossing my legs. I understand you're looking for a change agent for your business transformation program. Tell me everything you know. I was about to offer her a cigarette when a sixth sense warned me not to. In the Secret Service, we're trained to notice tiny details, but the no-smoking sign on the wall was a clue that many of my colleagues might have missed. Um, that's my chair, actually. Could you take the other one? She was smart. I looked her up and down with new respect. She was going to be a challenge. What should I call you? she asked. There's no name given in the file I have. You can call me 001, I said, moving to the other side of the desk. If we're going to work together, we should be open with each other. I looked into her warm brown eyes as I said that, trying to gauge her reaction. Right, Mr. Mr. 001. Now, I understand that since the country left the European Union last year... Your organisation has been told to find new ways to cover their costs. It was true. In 2020, we had cut ourselves off from the rest of Europe, which had caused huge financial problems for the country. The new Home Office Minister had ordered the various secret services to cut their budgets by half. They had orders either to downsize or find additional work on the external market. This was my first job that wasn't for Her Majesty. Our company is digitalising internal processes, Sally continued, to respond more efficiently to customer needs. The thing is, 
A lot of these processes are currently run by people. When we automate them, they lose their job or they need to learn a new one. We need change agents because there's a lot of resistance to what the company is trying to do. So, you want me to handle that? Who are my targets? And what should happen to them? Broken legs? Arms? Necks? Sally looked at me in surprise. No, no. We want you to win over our employees to the change. Not hurt them. Aha! A hearts and minds operation. Like in Afghanistan. Did that work? She asked doubtfully. Official Secrets Act, I answered, tapping my nose. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Right. Well, we want you to be an enthusiastic change agent and help make it happen. It's a little different from what you've done before, but I'll be here to advise you. Only she wasn't. That evening she had an accident with her bicycle which put her in hospital with a broken leg. The question I asked myself was, was it really an accident or did someone want her out of the way? I started work. I couldn't do everything myself so I set up a network of change agents throughout the company similar to the one I ran in Shanghai. Everything was working well. The objections to the organisational changes quickly stopped, and the union said they were satisfied with what was happening. So, when I got a phone call from the CEO's secretary asking me to come upstairs, I expected a pat on the back from him, and maybe several pats from her as well. To my surprise, Sally had come into the office. Sally? The CEO began. Could you describe the role of a change agent in a transformation program? A change agent, she explained, was a kind of cheerleader. They should talk positively about the transformation with other members of the company, find people who supported it, publish success stories, and arrange training courses if people wanted reskilling. Right. What about Bugging union meetings, asked the CEO. No. Mysterious phone calls to people threatening blackmail? No. Kidnapping someone's dog and flying it in an unmarked plane to Libya to be questioned by the local police? Definitely not. The CEO turned towards me. Not only have you and your little team done all of these things over the past few weeks, you have also been personally responsible for three women complaining about your unsuitable behaviour. That includes my secretary, to whom you sent the following text. If I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? He looked at me with some kind of horror in his eyes. What century are you living in? Who do you think you are? he asked. To say I was shocked is an understatement. After all I had done for them, and they treated me like this. I would leave, but I had to have the last word. And then I remembered a little tip 
from one of my colleagues. 007. Oh, yes. That would show them. I have to go, I said. In Kazakhstan, there's a nuclear missile that somebody is trying to steal, and I have to stop them. I walked towards the door, then turned dramatically and stopped. And to answer your question, the name's Pickle. Humphrey Pickle. Change Agent 001 was written for Business Spotlight in 2018. And the whole story is a piece of nonsense which pokes fun at two things which actually I like very much. One of them, of course, is the James Bond genre, uh, both the films and the books. Uh, and the other is that of transformation programs in companies, which I've been involved with quite a lot over the years. So let's look first of all at the Ian Fleming 007 um, background. I'm a big fan of spy novels. Um, Robert Harris, uh, Len Dayton, who wrote The Ipcress File. My favourite is John le Carre, who wrote Spy Who Came In From The Cold, Tinker Tailor Soldier, Spy, Smiley's People. Um, but I have a soft spot for Ian Fleming, because whatever else you might think about his character of James Bond... The stories are incredibly well written. And I find it interesting that I could read them when I was like nine years old uh, and I can read them now and still find them enjoyable. I'm not sure that they were entirely suitable reading for me when I was nine years old. I remember one of my school teachers picking up my copy of Goldfinger and looking at the back description of it and um, just holding it here. Pussy galore. She was wearing nothing but a fisherman's jersey that was decent by half an inch. She said, If anyone's going to rub me, it's you. Not entirely suitable for a nine-year-old, but I enjoyed them enormously. Um, and I still do. I still think they're terribly well written. Um, and I was quite proud in my own short story of the line that I had for the man delivering coffee to Sally Bly's office uh, in Stoke Poges. Uh, he had two chips of cold granite for eyes, and I knew that if I had to kill him, the world would be a better place. And I was quite proud of that sentence in an Ian Fleming kind of way. I also have a theory that the whole James Bond series was invented by MI5 in the 50s when they realised that Britain uh, wasn't going to be a major power anymore. And they thought, OK, uh, we'll pretend we are and write these novels and they'll become enormously popular and successful. And everybody will think we're far more powerful and controlling than we really are. And that's my theory at any rate. And the films, of course, are also enormously entertaining. But I find it very interesting to imagine what is going to happen to the whole franchise now that Britain has left the European Union and our power and influence is going to shrink immeasurably. And so I thought, OK, it would be interesting to explore what would happen to Her Majesty's Secret Service agents and if they would then have to earn their living uh, working in industry. And as somebody who's 
worked in industry in some form or other for most of their lives, the idea of how difficult it would be for somebody like James Bond to move over into the corporate world. I thought that would be funny. Now, over the last five years or so, um, I've been involved in an awful lot of change projects or transformation projects taking place within the company that I've been working for. And this expression, change agent, always amused me because it seemed slightly melodramatic for actually what we wanted people to do. So the idea of a secret service agent trying to be a change agent and not being closely enough supervised seemed to me to be very comic. And of course, as a change manager, I have to say that the methods that my character Humphrey Pickle uses in order to allow the company to introduce the changes that they want to introduce without any resistance, uh, they probably would be successful. I don't know how many people would be very happy, and I suppose you probably see a exodus of people leaving the company, but these techniques would probably work. And I have to say there have been one or two occasions when I've had one or two people who I thought, well, you know, Aren't there any other methods I can use to persuade them to be a little bit less obstructive to what we're trying to do? When I sent in my story to Business Spotlight, the editor asked me why I gave my age, my change agent 001 the name Humphrey Pickle. And first of all, there's the obvious one that uh, Humphrey Pickle is such an uncool name compared to James Bond. But interestingly enough, a lot of comedy writers, uh, Mel Brooks and Billy Wilder, say that K in English is intrinsically comic. You say, for example, I had salmon for dinner or I had turkey for dinner. Turkey is somehow much funnier than a word like salmon. So that's why I gave him the name Pickle. I wanted him to be just completely ridiculous. I hope you enjoyed Change Agent 001. Remember, if you liked it, why don't you visit my website, www.behindthebottomline.com And you can leave comments and rate the show. It would be really helpful for me. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can also rate the show and leave a review there. Next week, I'm back with a story about a dragon that's got itself lost, which I hope you'll enjoy. Until then, this is James Gofield saying... Take care and goodbye.